right, everybody, welcome to episode 47 of the Backseat Huddle Podcast. This is actually my second time recording this because I finished the entire thing and realized I forgot to hit record. So hopefully the second one goes as well as the first. So today I'm just talking about running backs. I'm talking to you guys about the current devaluation of running backs. I'm going to talk to you guys about a little bit of the issues that they're facing, the plight that they're dealing with in terms of getting compensated properly or fairly, if you will. And I'm also going to be talking to you guys about Jonathan Taylor today, who just requested a trade. So I'm going to go ahead and give you my opinion on both of those things, but I'm going to start once again with running backs in general. So to start this show off, uh, I'd like to propose to you guys a question, a riddle of sorts. What, what do Ben Shapiro and NFL running backs have in common? For both, the facts don't care about your feelings. It sucks, but the fact is running backs don't matter. What is happening right now for running backs sucks. It sucks, and I feel bad for them. I don't like what their current reality is in terms of the devaluation of the position and the lack of payment that these guys are getting relative to the abuse that they take. I wish... I wish there was a perfect solution to this running backs thing, but unfortunately, there isn't. However, we can all feel that way, and I would say that the majority of us do. I do. I assume that you at home do. We want things to be fair. We want things to be just. We want running backs to be compensated as properly. But you as an NFL fan, I guarantee you have said this. I've said this, and we've listened to every single analyst in the entire world say this. It's a passing league. And then we want to turn around and wonder why running backs don't get paid. We want to bitch that it's not fair when, A, life isn't fair, and two, it be like that sometimes. It be like that sometimes. Sometimes things just suck, and sometimes Unfair things happen. The value of position groups in the NFL is going to ebb and flow. The NFL is really simple right now. It's a passing league. If your primary job revolves around passing the ball, quarterback, receiver, tight end, left tackle, your value is up. If your primary job doesn't fall in line with that, interior lineman, running back, off-ball linebacker, your value is down. It's really that simple. But that feels lazy. I would like to back up my position a little bit further. I don't like to just present an opinion then pop off with the mouth, basically saying a whole bunch of nothing, uh, talking head. I hate it. I think that's bullshit. I hate those types of guys. And if you're listening to this, please, if you catch me doing that, please call me out on it. I do feel like this issue has been talked about ad nauseum. However, let's walk through the facts, okay? The facts of the devaluation of the running back position and where its value currently stands. Because running backs are valuable. The problem is expensive running backs aren't valuable. Premier running backs aren't valuable. Expensive running backs aren't value and the pro- aren't valuable and the problem is what is considered expensive as a running back is a bargain for other positions the highest paid running back right now 
Christian McCaffrey is getting roughly $16 million per year. And that is half the yearly value of the highest paid wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, at $30 million per year. Ouch. The simple fact is that as the NFL has become pass-oriented, pass-centric, and followed the credence, it's a passing league, the success of teams is relative to the success of their quarterback, not their running back, with very few exceptions. This is not the 1990s. This is not the 2000s anymore. I feel like when talking about running backs and the devaluation of running backs, I feel like it's really easy to bring up this graphic showing the salaries, the last 13 running backs from Super Bowl winning teams and say, running backs don't matter. Running backs don't help you win the Super Bowl because this list shows a lot of just guys. Names like Damian Williams, LeGarrette Blunt, Sony Michelle, and Cam Akers. Now, this argument is true, but it is lazy as shit. It is extremely lazy and does not show the whole picture. You can hardly judge any position group based on that you cannot heart portray any position group's value in terms of Super Bowl success for almost any position group other than quarterback. I'm sure you could do that same thing for wide receiver. However, we do know that the NFL is all about winning big, winning in the playoffs, and excellent running backs do not create those wins any longer. If they did, we'd see guys like Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, winning Super Bowls, getting to the playoffs, going deep in the playoffs every single year. But right now, all those guys that I just listed have the same amount of Super Bowl rings as I do. And three less than LeGarrette Blunt, two less than Sony Michelle, and one less than Isaiah Pacheco. But here's where the running back argument starts to take shape and really shows you why running backs don't matter. Last season, 15 running backs rushed for over 1,000 yards or more, and eight made the playoffs. And the top three rushing leaders from last season missed the playoffs altogether. So based on last season, only half of the best running backs even made the playoffs. With that knowledge that running backs don't help you win the Super Bowl, hardly help you go deep in the Super in the playoffs, and barely help you, they barely even help you make the playoffs, let alone a Super Bowl. How do you justify paying these guys? In regards to winning football games, there is value in the NFL at the running back position, but the value, once again, isn't in guys like Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey with big contracts. The money that you give those guys, that extra money that you would give those guys, could go towards another pass catcher, another pass rusher, or positions of higher impact. Perceived higher impact, real or not, doesn't matter. That money could go towards something better. And I'm using, if you're listening, I'm using the, the air quotations on that. The value for running backs is guys who are on rookie deals or prove-it deals. Guys like Isaiah Pacheco, Kenneth Walker, and Leonard Fournette when he was with Tampa paying for $2 million. Those guys are all 
valuable. And the proof is in the pudding for those guys. There's even value in guys like Josh Jacobs, who is on his rookie deal and playing excellent. But another strike against the running back position. How many games did Las Vegas win while he was there? He was playing amazing. And they didn't win very many games. So it continues to show that running backs do not have a value on winning games. So how do you expect these guys to get paid? The unfortunate reality is that running backs do not change the outcome of football games as the key cog. They change outcomes of football games as a key cog with very, very few exceptions. It's unfortunate. I don't like it, but it's the reality. That all being said, now that I've talked about how little running backs matter, let's have an awkward little transition, a little awkward guy here, into a running back that just requested a trade. So Jonathan Taylor, running back for the Indianapolis Colts, recently requested a trade. And what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to pretend I have some insider information where I know where he's going to go and what's going to happen because I don't. I am a nobody in Knoxville, Tennessee, playing pretend at being a sportscaster. But I would like to have a little bit of fun and just throw my opinion into the void of the internet. So I hope you guys like to hear this. So I'm going to give my opinion on if Jonathan Taylor will be traded and if he does get traded, where is he going to end up? If you're watching this on YouTube, let me know in the comments where you think Jonathan Taylor will go or if he's going to stay. If you're not watching on YouTube, TikTok, whatever, if you're on Spotify, go to hell. You can't do anything. You can't comment. You just sit there and listen and suffer. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I'm going to give my opinion on if Jonathan Taylor will be traded and if he does, where he will end up. First and foremost, I don't think he will be traded. I don't think that Jonathan Taylor will be traded for two reasons. Number one, I don't think the Colts want to trade him. Like, why would they? At this moment, he is a great player on an inexpensive contract, although he is asking for a much bigger one, and I will touch on that a little bit later. So if you're the Colts, right now, all of your pieces, all of your core pieces, sorry, right now, if you're the Colts, all of your core pieces are on rookie deals. You have a Rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. Your best wide receiver, Pittman, is on a rookie deal. Your best skill position player, Jonathan Taylor, is on a rookie deal. That gives you a shitload of money to throw around and build this Colts team into something that's potentially special, especially if Anthony Richardson even scratches the potential that everyone thinks that he has. Second reason I don't think that he will be, Jonathan Taylor will be traded is a deal that he's asking for makes it very difficult. Jonathan Taylor is allegedly asking for $16 million per year, and no GM in their right fucking mind is going to pay him that. Especially when you look at Saquon Barkley, who is fighting his ass off for $13 to $14 million, and the Giants told him, go to hell, and gave him $11 million. So I don't see any GM being willing to give him $5 million more than the Giants just gave Saquon Barkley. Like, I don't see any GM giving him the deal that he's asking for. So as such, many GMs will likely look at Jonathan Taylor as a rental player 
They will likely bring him in while he's still under his rookie deal with promises to work it out at the end or more likely give him a short-term, one-year, prove-it deal somewhere near the money that he's asking for. Given that we have seen the dev devaluation of running backs, if you're a GM for another team, how much would you be willing to give up for a player, Jonathan Taylor, that you don't know if you're going to be able to sign long-term and that doesn't produce as much impact on winning games as you would like them to. That makes it very challenging for another team to give the Colts the value that they would most likely be looking for relative to the skill of Jonathan Taylor. Okay. It is just a tough proposition if you are a GM looking to make a trade for JT. So I don't really think that he will be moved. Now, there are two reasons that I think he might be moved. First and foremost is he's asked to be traded. So that obviously would lend one to think he's going to be traded. Okay, easy. Second, here's another reason I think that Jonathan Taylor will be moved. So credit to Colin Cowherd for this because he said it on his show and I'm basically stealing his take. So I'm going to give him credit for this. Okay, so here's a reason I think Jonathan Taylor could be traded is new Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson's rushing ability will likely eat into the rushing yards that Jonathan Taylor would otherwise have. Would anyone be shocked if we see Anthony Richardson racking up 700, 800, 1,000 rushing yards over the first few years of his career on a per-year basis? That would obviously eat into the rushing totals that JT would have. So why, why would you, as Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, why would you pay $16 million or close to it for a running back who's only very likely going to have 1,100, 1,200 yards on the ground. We've seen Jonathan Taylor go for 1,800, but Richardson, once again, is likely going to eat into that production. So it, it, it somewhat limits what you'd be willing to pay him. So now, we're on to the fun part. We are on to the fun part. Let's play pretend. Let's talk about some potential destinations where Jonathan Taylor could end up. This is where we just play pretend and have a have a good old time here okay so <clears throat> now once again this is just speculation there's re well this isn't speculation this is my speculation but uh, whatever okay moving on there's reports that the chiefs could be a player in the jt sweepstakes this one makes sense for reasons i don't have to explain to you you the viewer know he would be fantastic in that offense. I'm not going to waste your time talking about it. You already know. An offense with the best quarterback in the league, arguably the best running back in the league, and the best offensive coach in the league would be nasty. That would be absolutely disgusting. I'm rooting against that to happen. I don't want to see the Chiefs get any bigger. I don't want to see another 20-year dynasty like we already saw once with New England, which that would obviously lend toward. Cool. Now, here's the fun one. The Bears are reportedly interested in Jonathan Taylor. Now, this makes... <clears throat> excuse me. The Bears are also reportedly interested in Jonathan Taylor. This one makes the most sense to me. The Bears have the most cap room in the NFL, so they can give JT the money that he wants and not have it be an issue. They would also be bringing Jonathan Taylor in as an accessory piece, not the main piece. The NFL is obviously a passing league. It is oriented toward the pass, rules lean, passing offense. The Bears made the right move in addressing the passing game issues first. As we know, 
they drafted a left tackle and traded for a wide receiver one in DJ Moore. So bringing in Jonathan Taylor to this Bears offense would be icing on the cake and just give the Bears a more complete offense. It would not be relying on Jonathan Taylor to be the guy, just a guy in a passing league. That's where the value is at in the NFL for running backs. I'm rooting for this to happen just personally because I think it would be really fun to see a read option style offense in Chicago with Justin Fields and Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor as well. This would be my preferred landing spot for JT just because of how much fun it would be to see him in Chicago. Now, there is one team I feel like needs to do everything they can to get Jonathan Taylor. There's one team in the NFL that needs Jonathan Taylor and needs to make this swing, and that is the Buffalo Bills. Contrary to most teams in the NFL, it feels like the Bills are really hurting for a real presence at running back. Right now, this offense is way too fucking reliant on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs behind a shaky offensive line. Adding Jonathan Taylor to the mix for the Bills feels like it solves a lot of their issues. First, it takes some of the pressure off of Josh Allen and limits the hits he takes in the running game, which they don't really have a running game outside of Josh Allen anyway. At this moment for the Buffalo Bills, it's a necessary evil for the Bills to subject Josh Allen to running the ball because they don't have another option. So bringing in Jonathan Taylor to the Bills benefits them twofold. One, it brings a more traditional running game which allows Josh Allen not to have to run the ball so much, which also limits the unnecessary hits that he will take. Bringing in Jonathan Allen to the rather, bringing in Jonathan Taylor to the Bills passing game to work a little more off of play action, which as we know benefits the offensive line in pass protection. The Bills offensive line is ranked middle of the pack and potentially giving Josh Allen the extra second, half a second in pass protection could result in some explosive plays. We have seen Josh Allen. He is that dude giving him a little more time. I shouldn't have to explain to you why that seems like a good idea. Lastly, one would dare to say the Bills bringing in Jonathan Taylor could potentially solve the Stephon Diggs issue. As we know, he is threatened sitting out of camp. He may be sitting out of camp. We know he's unhappy because he restructured his deal in an effort to help the Bills get more playmakers like DeAndre Hopkins, whom they obviously missed out on. However, if you are the Bills brass, it seems like an extremely easy sell to Stephon Diggs if you go get, if you go get Jonathan Taylor to, say, to tell to Stephon Diggs, say to him, hey man, we missed out on D-Hop but we still brought in a star player and this offense is better because of what you did and this helps you more, potentially even more than D-Hop does. Because while, while Stephon Diggs will not have an elite number two option taking some of the pressure off of him, what he does have is an offense that now has to compensate for Jonathan Taylor as well. It takes potentially one extra guy into the box, which should help open things up for Stephon Diggs. It seems like it solves that issue really, really easily so that is it that is my show feel free to like and subscribe take care everybody